about you guys in Seattle. You might have a better idea of that than me, but that's not my question. If you were a character from The Wizard of Oz, which one would you be, and which one do you think the guy sitting next to you would be? See, I would be the lion, and I think that he would probably be the Wizard of Oz. You win, like, so much money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he would be the Tin Man, and I would be Toto. <laughs> What's next? Where are we going? So, uh, with PAX Australia being done and now this one coming up, or uh, actually in, in half, halfway through, a little bit over yeah. halfway through, yeah. do you guys feel that that's a good space between the two, no. or are you oh, going to no. change <laughs> it? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, we just did this a couple weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. We're, yeah, we're adjusting the schedule for Australia next year. Yeah, I don't think it was ever meant to be permanent. I think that there was a slot um, available sort of at the showgrounds for us to plant the show. Right. And I think that the, the, the most important thing was to get the show planted and to sort of let people know that it was going to be a regular thing, which they didn't believe even at the end of the show. But hmm. we wanted to make sure that it was there. But um, we are we haven't announced the dates for the next one, but I'd be very surprised if it was uh, if there was just a single month between. Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the with the success of Strip Search, are you guys planning to launch any other shows in the same vein? Man, I, I I would love to do. It seems that people love Strip Search so much. Like I think that we could do a second season of Strip Search, and it would probably be. It was probably way more popular than the first season. Like I think people know, and, and people will also like they'll discover it, and then they'll be able to watch the whole show. You know what I mean? Like when you make something, you, you never really know how people will perceive it, like how they'll absorb it. But people have talked to me more about strip search than they've talked to me about Penny Arcade. At the, oh, easy, probably yeah. Q and A's. People want to talk about strip search, so. Um, but strip search is much more elaborate than most of the things that we do, in that it requires the rental pretty much um, on a solid, stable basis of a performance space. Like the, um, I'm not sure if, it ever, if we ever really went into it in the show, but the, um, the elimination stage is actually, like, is actually a theater, like a little black box theater that we rented, um, and then set up the stage inside it, right? And so it, it, was, it was, and then we had to pay for a lot of people to come out, and then we had to put them up in a mansion. <laughs> like, I guess in order, in order for it to feel like those shows, right. it has to have the trappings. Like, it has to, you have to be able to see the water from the house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. like it's, it's, it's a set, right? And so it's a very elaborate show, and so it, it's very expensive. So the, the calculus for us, the risk calculus, has to do with the DVD. So if the DVD is able to is able to make that line uh, of expenditure look more or less the way we want it, then I think it's probably an easy call. Um, but somebody had a somebody had a suggestion about a game design show. That yeah, was, that was my next question. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we could probably do something like that. I mean, again, Panera is only fourteen people, so like when we do something like Strip Search or Pax, it's it's all hands on deck. Like everybody has to work their ass off on it. Like, Penny Arcade stops, so there's only so many of those we can do. Yeah, you know. Um, 
I think we'll probably do, I think you'll see a second season of Strip Search before you see like another show in that style. Yeah, but I would love the idea of shows that have search as a suffix yeah. <laughs> being something that we do. I, I think I think that that game design one would be yeah. fucking gross. I think that would be amazing. Because yeah. I know that it's been done, but didn't IGN do something very much like that? I didn't watch it. I know that that <laughs> makes the conversation dumb. I know that such a thing exists, but even if that were true, I think that we could probably do it in a way that sort of combines like a little bit of ironic armor, right. like around the concept, but still has heart, which I said, which is, and it was accidental obviously with strip search, but I think that that's what we were able to do that line of making a reality show that didn't feel too manipulative, and then when it was manipulative, everybody was in on it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think other people might have questions. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> No. No. Are you guys talking about Jackie Winslow being a big block? No, I think no. We haven't announced that yet. No, typically after a PAX, then all that stuff goes up, yeah. and then we open up like um, ticket pre-orders and stuff. Yeah, like you'll that. find out soon, but we're not we're not saying it right now because we don't know. Are there any intentions to make it four days like this one, or is this just a few? No, the space over at East is so much larger, like. Four days here was really a response to the fact that we were constrained by the convention center. We were trying to get more people through the show, so we don't have to do that at East. Yeah. Have you ever been to East? I was there this year. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. Yeah. I mean, the BCE, I, I don't think that we've built the BCE yet. Yeah, I, mean, I think they're expanding still. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you, if, you, if you don't just go in the front of that starship, <laughs> if you look around the right and left, that whole area is being raised. I mean, it looks like it was bombarded orbitally. Um, presumably they're going to make more buildings like that. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it'd be really nice if the city would catch up with that show. Because right now it's sort of in the middle of a desert, like culturally. It's like a wasteland. Um, speaking of show size and whatnot, um, obviously there's been talk of here, the Washington State Center is going to eventually remodel or you know, demolish the annex and rebuild. Um, because you guys have done packs for so many years, has the idea ever crossed your minds of actually building your own venue for
insanely cramped or meaner, I don't know. Um, meaner? Meaner. Did you like, stab people? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a mosh pit. Wow. And um, I, don't, I don't know if there's more people this year per day, or the booths are closer together, or what? Well, the amount of people is actually limited by the right. by the city. Yeah, that's a fire code thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it has to do um, just with humanity, because I've, I've been to every PAX. It doesn't seem it doesn't seem too much worse to me. Um, but I have I have attended all of them. <laughs> I mean, I'm contractually obligated. Um, but the 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 literal amount of people and flow that's all guided by a, a like a, a state in the city, like the fire marshal and stuff like yeah. that. So we can't we actually can't bring more people in. That's the other reason we have four days. Have you thought about widening? There's always so much aisle. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's a balance there between how much stuff we want to be able to show people, right? Um, I, I feel like right now it's, it's definitely crowded in there, but I think that we've got a lot of cool stuff too. So I think we, I, I guess also we've been to things like uh, Comic Con and E3. Yeah. Like a, a bunch of times we've been to Comic Con since 2000, like 2000, and. I guess we've just we've seen that kind of traffic flow. Yeah, I mean there were years at Comic Con where they didn't give a shit about fire. Right. It was scary. Right. <laughs> it was legit scary. Yeah. Like the sort of thing that you know you make a policy around, yeah. and then you come back the next year and it's a completely different show. Um, but yeah, maybe we can talk to Robert. I mean, I imagine that they're always slightly adjusting the, where that tape is. Yeah. Um, we, we can see what he thinks, or we can see if it got scooched or something like that. Oh, totally. Oh, they're, yeah. they're adding a little extra carpet. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, is the you guys, do you guys have pack dev um, here? Are there any considerations for a, a pack dev East or pack dev Australia? I haven't heard any talk about that. I think pack dev is a prime thing right now. Yeah, I mean, and pack dev is also um, pack dev is is really a Robert and Dave question. Sure, yeah, I don't even go. We, well, a, a part of the rules that we set up, and we, we set it up and we sort of pushed off the dock, mm -hmm. and one of the rules is that it's not a media show. And so we're not actually allowed to go to it anyway. So um, and anything about that, and it's totally, absolutely a valid question, but you should definitely run it by them. I'd be curious too, and then I would know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, will tell, I will tell you when I find Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. Did you have a question? Uh, yeah. Given the, you know, the popularity of it seems to be ramping up rather than slowing down because I mean wasn't PAX Prime uh, you know the traffic supposed to be assuaged a little by PAX East and then Australia? Yeah. 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 I know and so how long given this ramp up do you think it'll be before you're living in like a Groundhog Day-esque nightmare just PAX after PAX after PAX or are you already there? That No, no joking said he thought that we could do five packs a year. Jerry and I. Wow. <laughs> and we said, that's not true. Not true. Did you remember his response? Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not helpful. Yeah. And that's also not information. So, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's dark days. We'll, we'll, be, we'll exist in a kind of traveling mausoleum. Yeah. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, they'll just hoist our bodies up into these like some kind of rig. 
Drag us from show to show. <laughs> Necromancy. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a terrible thing for the animatronic that like the taxi part. True. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I mean apparently there's there's more that can happen. I can't conceive of it. That's what I hear. Okay. Yeah. Um, related to that point, I come here as well ten packs now, and there's a British contingent that comes to packs. There is. There is. Pretty regularly. Yeah. And uh, the question is always asked when we go back home, are we going to bring it over to Europe? And I'm going, probably not. Oh, I, I would love to. We would, yeah, we would absolutely love to. No, in right. fact, I assumed that I assumed that it would be Europe before. Yeah, Oz. so did most yeah. of us. Did. Um, yeah, no, no. I, I listen. I'm, I'm completely with you there. I think the problem is that like Australia didn't have a show like this at all, whereas yeah. you guys have a few shows already that are not exactly packs, but no, we've got games. Yeah, 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 yeah. which is fast. I mean, I would love yeah. to attend Gamescom, just but but where it is in the year, like it's the week before, I would yeah. be able to do it, right? Right. Um, Essen, I think maybe I can get to. Yeah, I um, mean that's what I'm talking about. You got Essen, you got Gamescom. We have Eurogamer. Yes, like Eurogamer, like like legit, like right there. For we have you. a bunch and of great shows already. Well, so, yeah. Don't be greedy. I keep on throwing back at them. We go, yeah, but it's not packs. Yeah, yeah. Like, listen, I, I, you know, I haven't been to those shows, and so I, I can't speak to that. But I mean, I would, I would definitely like to bring it, but displacing shows that are valid locally yeah. and culturally, like that, that sounds gross to me. Like yeah, that, we, that don't want to, we don't want to come in and ruin another show. Right, but we don't so. want to come in and, and, again, displacing, like, local culture. Yeah. Like, I, my, my philosophy, as far as PAX is concerned, is that there does exist a shared culture, right, globally. And then every time we have a PAX, we're like, oh, is it going to work? And then it works. And I think that it has to do with that. But, um, like, colonizing some... And like another country's show or culture, like that is absolutely not like a, that. To me, that would be homogenizing it, as opposed to bringing something new. And, and that's that's not what I want. No. If, if you're saying that, if you're saying that there's room, is that like heating it up into all the parasites. That's are? right. There's yeah. no the parasites in yeah. this case would be their local show. At the moment, it's other <laughs> <laughs> video games or tabletop. There's no merging. Oh, I see. There. I see. You're it's saying just, that they're too. They're too. They're too rigid. Yeah, they are. It's, I, there's, I think there's probably space for packs there. Yeah. It's just a matter of figuring out the right way to do it yeah. so that we don't... Have you considered working with Eurogamer? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that was our first idea. Yeah. yeah. Did it happen? They established. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> we can have a room that is packs. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll just sit in it. <laughs> uh, I assume that would not be enough. I could bring my Game Boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, mean, I think for a while we talked about partnering with a couple different shows over there, and none of it just it never panned out. So. Okay. Uh, how did you uh, like hosting the League of Legends playoffs here? Oh, you mean, like last time up on the sixth floor? Yeah. That was actually packed. Yeah, that really got me into esports in a way that I had never <coughs> been before. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely watched. And it's, it, you know, you can watch the streams and it's interesting, right? And again, we, we talked about this mm -hmm. in one of the Q and A's. Yeah. Like there's things about League of Legends, any MOBA really, right? Where you have, where you have lanes, you have a specific field, like a sports field, and then you have positions and players, right? There's things about it that make it work as a, as a, a spectator sport. But the thing that is missing from that experience that is common to sport is the idea of a like a legit roaring, like scarily roaring crowd. And when you add the crowd to, it is that is it like a like a, almost like a shamanic like <laughs> experience. 
Like they are, that is, they are roaring as one body while this shit is happening up there. It was fucking incredible. Um, so yeah, yeah. And then I, I watched it all year, and then I was, you know, it's incredible. Is, is that part of the reason that we have uh, we see so much more uh, sort of esports stuff around at, at this particular patch with like the World of Tanks championship? No, no. I think I think that esports in general is just on the rise. Yeah. I mean, because they're just. I mean, generally speaking, as 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 goes to the exhibition hall, like they're just renting space, and then what companies are choosing to do with their space is to promote the esports aspects of their. That wasn't like a mandate from us or anything. Yeah, I just what what it's just like like um, extraction and like there's a lot of these games that can have an esports angle, and I think that a lot of, I think that there's a lot of companies when they make a game, I think that they would like to sort of plant the seeds of that type of community um, because it, it just it's good for them obviously. Yeah. But some of these games are incredibly fun to watch. Uh, FPS games, I, I think that it, watching a really talented person play a game like that is exciting. But there's something about the team aspect. Yeah. Like I don't enjoy I don't enjoy watching um, StarCraft. Right. Um, it's cool, but I definitely know that I don't get it, and I don't find that it is. I don't, for me, it's not as interesting because it doesn't have a set map. It doesn't have set teams. Yeah. Doesn't have positions. It's it's much harder to follow. Anything else? So, what what have you seen that's been the best of the best for you guys while you've been here this year. Yeah, so much, so much, oh, yeah, so much great stuff. Uh, <laughs> so it's pretty rare that we get a chance to just walk around and look at stuff. Um, let's see, I walked through exhibition a couple times. What's uh, Titanfall? Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. It's probably, <laughs> yeah. And I'm actually really excited for the new Sonic, the Lost World. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that cool looking? Yeah. Actually see it? I think it looks awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so did you, have you had, have you had back into the sort of uh, mega booth? Did you make yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Did you play that Dragon Cancer? I haven't played Dragon Cancer. I, 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 I defy you to play that game and not cry. I defy you. <laughs> you won't be able to do it. You will cry and cry. Yeah, you know, I'm, this is legit. So there's no other game on the show floor that has a pile of tissues. <laughs> Buy it. In the same way that, it's like, it's a, the tissues are like, um, you know how there was that period of time like with, um, like Donkey Konga, like, there was all those crazy peripherals. Yeah, I think that tissues are actually a peripheral <laughs> <laughs> for that dragon cancer. <laughs> I think that it's part of the experience for you to reach, and it's like I don't know if it's detecting the tissue, <laughs> but it is just an awful experience. <laughs> it's just brutal. And then again, you know, try to come away from that, and then. And then the creator of the game is right outside the booth. Mm -hmm. Try not to hug him. You won't be able to. But see how long you can hold out. Maybe that should be the score we compare. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, he's like a, a warm bear. <laughs> you want to love him, especially after you. Uh, just go do it. Yeah. Go play the game. Play. <laughs> be injured by it. <laughs> so we're, like every year, obviously the passes sell up seems like faster and faster. Um, this year, so I mean, I know it's still early. You know, the con's not done, but do you think the mix between the multi-day pass and the single-day pass was better this year? Because I know absolutely, helped. it's yeah. better because yeah. it allowed more people to come to the show. No question. Between yeah. the four days yeah. and the individual passes, we had a lot of people buy just a Saturday. That's good. So. Right, just a Monday, and it's easier for them. It's, you know, it's easier for them too. Right. I mean, they can take a day off, yeah. and they can come in and try to build sort of the packs that they want to see for a day. Right. Um, 
But yeah, I mean that that historically that hasn't been common. The single yeah. day pass, like you only buy the single day pass if you can't get another pass. Right. I mean, right. That, that was that was the sort of the folk way before. Yeah. Now people are doing that because they can come to PAX and they never could. They could never get here before. And they've they spoken to a lot more people that are saying to me, this is my first time ever. To they live life. in town and they can't come to PAX. Yeah. You know. Yeah, right on, good. So, oh. um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, you had your hand up too, but you're next. <laughs> um, so you guys have uh, been playing D&D next. Um, you had a little bit of a switch out in Acquisitions Inc. there. Yeah. Uh, so we were commenting on the table balance. It's kind of changed. You had like your writers versus your artists. Uh, and it felt it's like awesome. the, it felt like the flow was really good because before um, I, I mean Will was writers versus artists. That's yeah. really what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Will's awesome, but he's got this really big personality, and him and Scott would really just kind of like envelop the table with their their antics, and that's good. I mean, and I think that was that brought a lot. You know that too. <laughs> <laughs> different table mix, but also a dungeon that was basically like a puzzle, mm -hmm. <laughs> as opposed to some of the more traditional hack and slash, yeah. you know, bringing maces down on people right. combat, because, and, and part of that, right, is that fourth is a tactical game. Yeah. Right. It's very much about positioning. It's it's like Final it's Fantasy a, Tactics or Disgaea. It's a board right? game. It's a grid, and then you move your guys around mm -hmm. on the grid, and all that, all that does is it bottles up time. So when it comes to your turn, like that's intimidating for some right. people. And this happens at people's tables at home. Mm -hmm. um, and D&D Next doesn't have that tactical gamer aspect. And I think that that's, I think that that's gonna turn some people off. I think that fourth was a lot of people's first Dungeons and Dragons. And so for them, it is a tactics game. Um, but as a stage show, like independent of any of the other like meta conversations, as a stage show, not having that aspect lets us barrel through a dungeon, barrel through combat. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then for the audience, I mean, they're, they're able to see the miniatures a little bit, but for them, it's always been that way. Mm -hmm. right. But now it's that way on the stage, too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 in fact, I just I tweeted something as I was walking over here. Like, you know, I think the idea, the construct, that we had was that we would sort of have interns. It was the idea of interns, but I don't want Pat to be an intern. Yeah, right. Like I want, and I talked to him after the show. I said, "Are you are you good to come back for another for another game? Like, can we keep can we keep going?" Um, and he said, "Absolutely," because he had a great time, and everybody had a great time. And it seemed like the people who were shouting "Green Flame" also had a good time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would love to keep playing with Pat for a while. He's just he's funny, but he's funny in a he's funny in a completely different way. Yeah then Will is funny. Right. Like, the idea, and also, he brings this sort of weird, like, Lothario sexiness <laughs> <laughs> to the table. Whoa. Yeah, like, like, he was buckling some swash. Yeah. <laughs> like, end to end, and that, that, that's, again, that, that's not something we've had at the table. We haven't had that, like, D&D nights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> aspect, right? <laughs> He didn't turn off my question. Oh, wow. Troll. Yeah, um, but I think I can just do it a bit more general. So, right. um, 
for me, D and D's always been kind of a private thing. Kind of, you, know. you play it as a solo? <laughs> <laughs> Or something. Yeah. I've never been able to do that. Like, just in a house. So, um, the basement. I'll, I'll go. <laughs> Naturally. Um, so, although I understand that a lot of your lives are out in the public more so than a lot of people, true. Um, how how is D and D different? Uh, I guess I just like you talk about D and D in the public eye with this podcast on stage. Yeah. Um, what's that like? Honestly, there were quite a few times that it, you forget I forgot and because we can't see the audience from the stage the, the no, lights it is basically like a black it, it's you know there's a, the theater has curtains but when you look out it's like a black wall you, I can see like the first two rows maybe and that's it so 90% of the time I completely forget I'm, I'm just playing D&D with my friends like and, that, and absolutely that's the way it is with the podcasts because there's nobody else there right because you only have like it's just a brain thing right you, yeah. you really only have so much attention. And so if a person is here and he's telling you a, what is functionally speaking a story, and you need to pay attention, in some cases, like to every word they're saying, your focus is, com my focus is completely away from the crowd. And so I, mean, I, have, I have a dim awareness that they're there. But, and, and this is why I like the green flame thing. Because generally speaking, they're not there. And all of a sudden you hit them with the lights, they go. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then also, um, Chris, because he's just a great DM, he basically he made them like a chorus of the dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. And so they were, in some weird ways, they were characters, and then you'd go to them with suggestions. Like, so they were there, and when they were there, they were still a character, right? And so generally speaking, it's still, it still manages to feel pretty private. I know that seems impossible, but it's true, though. It has to do with your attention. Like, there's only so much to invest. And Chris is so good that you can't help but pay attention to like, yeah. he sucks you in. Like, if you're sitting at that table and he's telling you the story, you, you're there. You're gone. Yeah. He's got you. Speaking of privacy, though, uh, what did Scott say? Oh, he said uh, the unicorn, the dumb unicorn, he called a unitard. <laughs> <laughs> Not my joke. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> messenger. I was surprised that was a novel interpretation of unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I dress like unicorns only approaching virgins thing. Yeah. That would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I have to ask a very awful downer question. Uh, the mainstream media tend to portray gamers as we're very desensitized and don't really care about anything or anything else. Uh, unfortunately, this year we've had the deaths of Andrew Reese, the co founder of the Oculus Rift, Michael um, Dawson, uh, David Redger, who's also passed away, and so has Ryan Davis. Do you think that the community as a whole was very impacted by this because we don't normally experience death within our community? It just it doesn't seem to happen due, oh, to, yeah. our, due to our well, age. It's, it's just generally speaking, we're pretty young. Yeah, and that's that's the thing where it really hits us is because we are young people. But I mean, yeah. How, what, were, what was your guys's sort of reaction response that with everything happening and very back to back to back to back all at once? How hard do you think it really hit? Well, there's like I mean, for for Ryan Davis, there was like a. Like a, like a kind of like digital wake. I mean, that was that was terrible. I mean, that that I, I urge you to examine that thread. I saw, I saw most of the Twitter feeds, and like I, I never met Ryan. I, Thousands, yeah, of comments. You know what I mean? And that's like, like I said, it is uh, it's obviously untrue that it's obviously untrue that we like, 
damaged our capacity to recognize mortality or something like that. Is it's just stupid. Like there's, it, it, I urge you to look around the show. There's people. Do you imagine that a person who is who is pushing a baby around in a car or carrying a baby in a sack? Uh, not over their shoulder, obviously, but like, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, multiple It's just silly. It's just it's another one of these. It's another one of these ways to other subculture is just mm-hmm. typical bullshit. It's not anything new. Yeah, no, it's, um, but it was a friend of mine. Sam, I, know, I was out searching for him. In yeah, Vancouver because it meant something to try and find him. So no, like Borderlands, like that was our jam. He he was much better at Halo than me, but he would still let me play. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, would, he would like just accept that this, that his team might lose because I was on it, um, and it was okay. And then they pulled him out of the water. Yeah. Like, I know. It's like, and then everyone was putting up signs up in Vancouver. Like We, we spent a whole month searching yeah. for him. I, I got the phone call the day of when he was found, and I just, I went outside from work, and just, I have to walk around for 10 minutes, just like clear my head because. Yeah, so these relationships are real. <laughs> They're not pretend, like, we don't have a space in our mind that to separate out these digital relationships, like that's not, that isn't the type of organism we are. We don't have a separate place for digital feelings and real feelings, right? Yeah, it's all, it's all the same. And I think also, it, as you're saying, everything, our feelings in general, no matter where they come from, are the same. It, uh, Amy Falcone with her new comic, um, Cook Refresh, it's about her online relationships, it's just meeting people um, online. Absolutely. And all the relationships and the friendships you build from that. It's, and yeah, it's, yeah. And they're not pretend. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's stupid. I hate that whole yeah. dialogue. Yeah, I think the worst part is just as a, the mainstream media thinks we don't care, nothing really matters to us, but like it does. And as you said, we are. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Downer. Who has a better question? What are you drawing, Mike? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Considerations when setting up, um, you know, space or security types of for for this particular pack. So yeah, that's that's not our realm of no. expertise. Generally, generally speaking, like for us, like the the diagram that we get of a show. So when when we see the the diagram of like who and what's there, like for us, it literally just says Microsoft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what you put in your booth. There's there's some exceptions. But what you put in your booth in terms of like your content or whatever, like that's actually not something that we, we didn't know Titanfall was going to be here until we showed up. <laughs> so that was just announced. I think that was announced like the morning prior or maybe even the morning of. Yeah. Like when I was doing my when I was doing my walkthrough, just checking out what was in there, 
I looked, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I, I actually watched the screen because it was right by Battlefield, and so I was like, you, you, you've seen it out there, right? right. Mm -hmm. Battlefield, Battlefield, Battlefield. Right. And all of a sudden I was like, that's not Battlefield, that's a future robot. Yeah. And it was Titanfall. Yeah, at East, um, Blizzard set up their booth and they had big black banners over the Hearthstone signs. Mm. And even we didn't, I mean, we couldn't look under there. Like, we were watching to see what the announcement they, was going to be with were, everybody else. They were else. hung from the ceiling. Have you ever been to the BCEC? Mm. They were hung from the ceiling, like hundreds of feet up. Like, yeah. wow. We had, we had no idea. So that, that's actually something that they can do. And then I imagine that to a certain extent, especially if they're trying to make a secret announcement, that's actually not information they want public anyway. So they probably don't write it down anywhere when it, until it yeah. comes time to hang it up. So uh, for you guys personally, Xbox One, PS4, both or neither? Both. Yeah, I'm an adult now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, after E3, I definitely pre-ordered a PS4. I just like I wanted to like just mark a note in that column that I found it pretty convincing. Um, and then a couple months later, after they had after they had changed some of the policies and after they had put like the headset in and stuff like that, I, I went ahead and pre-ordered the other one too. Um, that's basically it. Like I, because it's like tweaked it and tweaked it and tweaked it and tweaked it. And then when they had the headset, I was like, all right, that's I'm, I'm done for that now, let's do it. We've got no questions from you guys. Are you real media? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, I got a question for you. You were saying you didn't know about like Hearthstone during East. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you guys check out Midnight City yet, or is that just kind of surprise that Casey Lynch just pull up in a bus and was like, "Hey, here's our ten games." Midnight what? City? Did you not even hear about this yet? No, no, because no, no, we because like man, my schedule is different. We, we go from room <laughs> to room. Yeah, generally speaking, inside, right? So this is this is what my schedule looks like. Sure. This tiny window right here is basically like the only walk around time, oh. and then Robert sent a mail out that says that he's filling it up. <laughs> That's, I mean, this is this is my show. So what's Midnight City? It's a uh, bus? Uh, Casey Lynch, who was former editor-in-chief at IGN, he went and made an indie publishing company with Majesco, and so he's going to publish indie games, and he brought like eight games with him to show off, and then he showed them off at IGN's party last night at the Rock Bottom. Mm. Wild. No, that's so no interesting. See, we never yeah. get to go to the parties either. The first got a party bus just chilling out. <laughs> <laughs> smart. Yeah, well, it's not like you can just set up a meeting with him. That's, that's smart. Yeah, I mean, I've never done a, um, I've never, I don't think I've ever been able to go to a PAX party. No, I go to bed at like 10. <laughs> yeah, you get, you get sort of get on dad time, and then like, even if there's no kids around, like, yeah. <laughs> um, now that's that is totally. That, did they have anything good? Uh, yeah, they had uh, Love the Werewolf, which was from Fan McClure, who used to work on Call of Duty, and then um, yes. they also had uh, the new Slender game, Oculus Rift. Oh no! Yeah, they had a bunch of stuff because I've seen some stuff in the Oculus Rift. They tend to be interesting demos and like experiences more than you might like consider a game. Like my my definition of game is pretty wide, but it doesn't involve like just riding a roller coaster, you know right. what I mean? So, but they have over at the booth. They've got racing games and like Hawken. Yeah. And then when I go back and talk to the people at the Indie Mega booth, like a lot of them, like I was talking to um, Seventeen Bit, uh, Galaxy. Mm -hmm. You see that? Um, so they're talking about like how they've got this is like a space shooter, like a top-down space shooter that they put in the Oculus Rift, and that that sounds fascinating. Sorry, I like that question. All right, <laughs> who's next? Anybody? I'd like you to pick favorites again. Um, you've got the PAX 10. Yeah. Can you order the list? <coughs> no, we're uh, actually not allowed to. Oh, you're not? No, no, no. 
No, no. In fact, the very first year we had a winner. Oh. Um, and the the other participants in the it was like like a like a fans' choice type thing, and the other participants in the Pax Ten didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Like for them, it's like getting in the Pax Ten. It means that they're all they're part of a they're a part of a continuum, like a circle as opposed to a line, right? They meet each other and they know each other and they take a picture, like like a class picture at the end of Pax, right? Um, and so we stopped doing that altogether because they really don't like it. They feel like they're all in the same boat, basically. Like they all want. And I, I, I'm totally happy to let them have that. Cool. Sorry. Can, can can you order the list of games that are not in the Pax Ten? Like all of them. Then. All other games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> are you surprised by the almost infectious success of Penny Arcade just taking off and it's everyone's running around trading pins? Uh, I, I am, I'm, well, actually, you know what? No, I'm not. Because, like, three years ago, I told Brian that we had to do this and it would be huge, and they didn't believe me. And, uh, and so now that it's huge, I'm like, you know, right. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's awesome. I mean, I went to Disney. Like, how many people Disney pin trade? Anybody? <laughs> I, I saw the the pin trading experience at Disneyland and how like into it my son and my wife got, and I realized that we could do the same thing for video games, right? Like, and if we think of PAX as sort of like our theme park, um, I thought we could sort of transfer that whole concept over pretty easily. And it's taken us a year, you know, to get from when we launched to the PAX East to hear where we launched, I think, like, 42 new pins. Yeah, and I, I got doubles of all of them. You were making me broke my, my friend and I, so. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm super, it's like, it's my favorite thing about PAX right now, is the pin trading. It's been great in Australia and East, and I just, I love it. Knuckles was balled out for pins. Yeah. At East, he was, he had the, he had the full set, like, he won PAX, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Is it is going to continue growing exponentially, or is it? No, no, no. It's actually pretty limited. Like, yeah, I mean, so we have a, a waiting list for exhibitors in terms of like who's allowed to make a pin. So like you see this year, we've got like Behemoth and Ubisoft. But it's only like ten, right? Yeah, it's like ten or so at a time, ten yeah. companies. And so our goal is to sort of um, gate that so that you don't just get flooded. Yeah. Um, but we are growing, and we've got a Halloween set coming out with all the characters, you know, dressed up. Got an acquisitions ink set coming out around holiday, nice. uh, like a Christmas set. We've got a uh, 15th anniversary pin coming out for Penny Arcade in November. Uh, when the daughters comic that we're doing launches, we have a pin of the main character Hana. Um, so now, are all these going to be online sale pins, or they those will be all online? Okay. And then come Pax East, we'll have a brand new set of uh, East pins and new vendor pins. And okay. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's it's definitely it's definitely something that we feel like you sort of have to. You have to curate, and you have to gate. Because you, 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 we want it to be possible. Yeah, I mean, you know, at East it was possible to get all of them. In Australia it was possible to get all of them. And here it's it's technically possible. Like I've seen people. <laughs> yeah, but it's hard now. And eventually, you know, come next year, it's going to be, it's going to get harder and harder to actually think about having a whole set. Whereas, like, if I go to Disneyland now, you can't have all the Disney pins. Right. So, but what I do is I focus on like I like the Star Wars pins. I like the Nightmare Before Christmas pins. Like, you kind of got to pick what you want. Yeah, you'll right? find you'll find the the ones that are valid or interesting for you, and that will be what you collect. Right. Yeah. 
Um, speaking of the 15 year pin, um, it's going to be, a, it said limited edition on the packaging that you tweeted about. Yeah. So do you have a number for the actual limited amount that will be uh, made? It's 1500, I believe. It's either 1200 or 1500. Okay. I think it's 1500, Run. Okay. 15 would make sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had gambles on that one, so. And it's actually a um, double-decker pin. I don't know if you can tell from the picture, but it's like. But it's the same size as the DLC pin, right? It's the same, it's a similar size, but it's, it's two pins. It's like a pop-out. Stacked uh, on top of each other, oh. essentially. Oh, wow. So you have the characters, the way I used to draw them, like 15 years ago, they're on like the back layer. And then in front of them on another layer are the new characters. Okay. Mm. So it's a really cool pin. Um, just a thought, really. Have you considered running uh, a game jam during PAX and having the games presented as a... Oh, I talked to Robert about that. Because I've seen it happen at... Oh, yeah. No, I, 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 talk, really I talked to Robert about that exact thing. Um, I think that this year at, at Prime, <clears throat> the, main, the main challenge, like, logistically for us was making sure that we could run the four-day show as spread out as it is. And then once... Because whenever we add something... We want to make sure that we're adding it to a stable base, and so I think this might might be something we can pull off next year. But I was like, Robert, this is this is something we've got to have. Yeah, and especially when you have a three day show. I mean, let's just start it. You know, as soon as as soon as Pax gets underway, let's just start this game jam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that would be fucking uh, awesome. It is amazing. I saw it happen at, at Res this year and the year before, and they've only got two days. Yeah, yeah, and I, they, I, they just do amazing things. I think I think that people would. I think that people in the entire continuum of that would enjoy it. I think it would be awesome. Yeah. I think he was first, though. <laughs> no, you were, yeah, I think he was first. If we could talk uh, for a moment about sand. Sure. Oh, sure. Um, it was, I mean, it was, uh, you know, the... It's weird. It was great. I'm Thank glad you, you liked it really was. Um, I'm, but it's been a, a concept of, of yours forever. Ever, yeah, yeah, forever, twenty years. Yeah, uh, can you talk a little bit about the process of, of bringing it from you know that you know twenty year old piece to what it is now? Yeah, I mean, when we were in high school, we cooked it up, and uh, it was very similar, like the the, the basic idea of uh, a crashed a crashed ship, and a, a crazy AI who has who is sending out these mechanical. Spoilers. Spoilers. Profits. <laughs> yeah. To try to bring her people back to the ship so that she could take them where they where they belong. That was all there back then. It looked very different. Like it didn't have the Western theme at all. That was something I sort of applied to the new version. It was sort of Western. It was a, it was a desert planet, but there was no you know it didn't have the Western hooks like it does now. No, they're not as they're not as direct. Yeah. No. Uh, and at the, that time, it was just a little black and white comic that. I printed out at Kinko's and uh, made like 50 copies. Right, but then we had we we knew we knew the guys at the at Gorilla Gorilla Bob's comic book oh, shop, yeah. and so he they let us put them by the register for 25 cents. Yeah, <laughs> and then we would go to like there was a grocery store called Rosars that had like uh, a comic book, you know, the yeah. the turn thing. Yeah, and so we would go there and I would put them in there, like just hoping somebody <laughs> would take them. Right, right, right. And then, and then the, the most demoralizing thing is to go back to the comic shop and see the stack is not... Nobody <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, um, but, but also, like, because we had worked on a, on a couple different projects by that. <laughs> our, our creative life is basically just like the search for something that we can both do and both feel like we can bring something to. But, you know, we had another one, like Sam, 
there was before Sam, there was Sam. Yeah, and sounds similar. Yeah, and Sam dealt with some, Sam was basically uh, like a fallen angel type story. And it created a lot of problems in our like relationship. Because we have, I would describe them as radically different ideas about religion. Especially back then. Yeah, <laughs> and so sand was in, I think sand was in some ways a way to sort of square the circle. It was a way for us to look at religion and belief a step removed. Because sand was much more literal, but sand is much more allegorical in how it deals with religion and belief. And you know what I mean? And so I think that for us, it was almost like a therapeutic aspect where it was a way that we could look at that stuff together in a way that would not like severely damage our relationship. Like he kicked me out of his house. Like we had <laughs> conversations about religion where he would like that culminated in him kicking me out of his house. He'd get the fuck out of my house. And then remember you, you called me later that night a couple hour cool down. He's like, hey, do you want to play Duke Nukem? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm setting up the server. <laughs> yeah, bring, bringing it back was really fun. Like going back and revisiting a character that I hadn't drawn in fifteen or whatever years. Like that was a blast. And we couldn't have pulled. We couldn't have done anything like this. No, we, we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have been able to pull off the dialect stuff. And and when we were when we were younger like that, like doing doing things that had a lot of continuity. Like that's something we used to like studiously avoid. Um, and I think that we just. I think that it's we finally caught up with the idea. Like as people who can make stuff, I think that we finally caught up with this idea that our younger selves had, basically. So speaking about development, do you guys have anything planned for video game development coming down the pipeline? Like continuing the Precipice series? Well, I, or, I mean, or, the, the Precipice, like that story is definitely done. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, any anybody who has actually seen like the ending of it can sort of see how you would make another game in that series, but it wouldn't look anything like that. Right. Um, I had a really good time working with Z-Boy. Like, we had a really, we had a very nice workflow. And then Jeff Cowles from Penny Arcade doing the project manager thing and, you know, kicking me in the head. When I, when I, I needed to do it. Yeah. I, I need help sometimes, that's just true. Um, I'm not, there's nothing on the docket right now, and Z-Boy is working on Cosmic Star Heroin, which okay. I think looks pretty cool. Cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, if they wanted me to come on as a writer for something, I would love to do it. Like, I, I really enjoyed making games. Mike did not enjoy making games. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that accurate? Oh, yeah, I hate it. I think it's dumb. <laughs> yeah, but for me, writing is writing. Like, I, don't, yeah. I don't mind. I had a great time writing those things. And like the, the third and fourth chapters, I mean, there's a ton of writing, and right. I basically did all of it. Wow. I, have, I have no problem with it. I'm ready to go like, at a moment's notice. Cool. If in a preferable scenario where you know everything just fell into place, if you choose one of your properties and expand it beyond a comic base, which would be out of just preference? Which you want to put somewhere else? Be it Lookouts. Yeah. Lookouts is a pretty easy call because there's so many different stories. Like Lookouts, for some reason, like we can't stop making Lookouts apparently. So Lookouts is now like three different things, yeah. right? Lookouts is Lookouts, which is sort of like the um, fantasy Boy Scouts. Fantasy Boy Scouts, and there's Daughters, which is. Um, Girl Jedi in the woods, and then we have uh, Thorn Watch, which is like Fantasy Eighteen or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's also the board game or card mm -hmm. game you guys are working on. That. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there, I, I think I think that you probably will see a Lookouts board game at some point. Yeah, I think you'll see a lot more Lookouts stuff. 
Absolutely. Yeah, we just we have a lot of enthusiasm for it, and that's usually what determines where we go. I've been told that that has to be the last question. I'm sorry. We we, we have to run to the main theater, right? Yep. We got to do more Q and A. Yeah. Right. Sorry, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.